Welcome back, everyone, to the Walsh's Playbook, episode 19. So, Trent, two weeks of NBA in the books. What have we got in store for the pod today? Yeah, um, guys, I just want to start by saying uh, we had an episode last week that we recorded. Uh, an episode we were really happy with, kind of recapping <laughs> the first week of NBA basketball. But yeah. um, fortunately, we had some tech malfunctions. It came out all weird, so we weren't able to actually upload that. Uh, so we're gonna, what we're going to do is uh, we'll talk through the first two weeks of NBA today. We'll kind of recap on some stuff that we would have spoken about last week and then go through some more stuff that, uh, that's been more recent. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of combining two little episodes into one. But um, technically, yeah, this is the first episode back of the new, of the new NBA season. Like yep. not preseason anymore, we're in the real thing. And it's been really exciting. Uh, there's been a number of takeaways. I mean, honestly, if we wanted to go through all the takeaways from the season so far... It would take a long, long time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but what we're going to do, I think Christian and I have come up with three main takeaways each that we're going to discuss. Uh, we'll just rapid fire those, some of the main things we've seen from the season uh, that, that you guys can look out for if you're watching or you know you might have noticed yourselves as the season's gone on so far. And um, yeah, we'll just go through that to start with. And then we've also got, this is the 75, uh, 75th sorry NBA season. Yeah. Um, and so in honor of that, the NBA released their 75 all-time greatest players. And um, as part of our all-time segment today, we're going to make our, our starting fives. Christian and I have picked our five best players who weren't listed in that top 75 all-time. Whether we think it was a snub or if they just missed out, we're going to have per position uh, the, the starting five that weren't involved in that. So that's basically how the session is going to run today. It yep. might end with some Aussie stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, to start off with, new NBA season, a few main takeaways. Uh, what's number one for you? My, my main one is, is, is Aussie related and I, I like to start that mm-hmm. way. We've got Josh Giddy, and he's looked really good out of the gate this season. Yeah. I was a bit worried about um, how he'd look in his first year. You know, he's coming coming to the NBA, not very not really built for the game right mm-hmm. now. And like, that's okay. Like that's... He was always going to be a bit of a project player because he was going to have to build up. But he's looking really good out of the gate. He's averaging 11 points, 5 rebounds, like almost 6 assists. Yeah. He's had some pretty big games. Um, last week, a big game versus the Lakers. Mm-hmm. 18 points, 10 assists. And yeah. he was the youngest, one of the youngest players since LeBron James to have a double-double yeah, assist. Yeah, the youngest the since LeBron. Yeah, so like, he's the second, the second youngest player in NBA history to have a 10-assist game, a double-digit yeah. assist. And LeBron was the youngest to do yeah. that back when he was a rookie. No, I'm really excited to see what he's what he's going to be. Um, he's going to get a lot of run this year with OKC. That like They're not going to be a competitive team. They've won, I think, one game so far out of like seven or eight. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he's it's good because he's going to get an opportunity to, to, to make mistakes yeah. and learn from them. So exactly, yeah. I think he has the chance to be one of Australia's, like, one of the like, best players. I know it's very early, but um, I, I really like him. Yeah, um, you know, like you said, Oklahoma City's a lottery team, and, yeah. and that gives him... It means he has the keys to the, the kingdom, you know? He's, he's able to do what he wants, like you said, make mistakes on the fly. It's really important for a point guard to be able to do that. Someone who's going to be a point guard in the yeah. NBA to you know have the keys, you know, be able to make make plays, uh, figure things out. He's obviously a very cerebral pl- player. He's smart. He's got the length, like you said. He's 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 not quite NBA built in terms of the strength, but yeah. you know, he's a, what is he six eight or something six, like seven, that? Yeah, six seven, seven six eight as a point yeah, yeah. guard. Um, that's that's really that's a really good thing to always see. Um, so impressive uh, in terms of 
as a pass first guy's a really good playmaker being six seven six eight you can see over the defense really yeah. helps you make good passes Definitely. so he's looking really strong he, like i i'm very impressed as well better than i thought he would someone who wasn't as highly touted as say a ben simmons or a dante exon coming through the high school ranks and all that in australia all that stuff wasn't as respected as those guys and he's come out and he you know he might be you know, one of the most exciting things yeah, yeah. to come from Australia. No, definitely a good start from him. Yeah. Uh, my first takeaway that I want to discuss, um, as I often do want to discuss, is is the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, Very good. good. There's good, there's bad, and there's ugly. And there's a, there's a lot to discuss with them. Um, they've been the talk of the town uh, in terms of NBA news. Um, yeah. How do, how do you feel? What have you thought from the Lakers so far? Um, look, I think there's obviously been a lot of criticism about how they've come out of the gate themselves. Um, like lots of blame on Russell Westbrook. He, he hasn't looked, you know, too too put together the first few weeks in the NBA. But mm-hmm. he's, he's like these last few games, actually, he has started to put together some pretty good, um, pretty good stat lines. Um, but no, I think the Lakers are always going to you know, come together pretty well. Carmelo's looking good. LeBron's always going to get them to where they need to be. And Anthony Davis, touch wood, he doesn't get injured. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Lakers are going to be there, you know, come season end, probably. Yeah, I think they're, they're, they have their moments of greatness, uh, which you've seen already. I think they're a team, they're just going to get better and better. Like, they're a team that's not necessarily built for the, pre- for the season, sorry. Mm. They're, built, they're a playoff-built team. Mm. They're built with finals aspirations in yeah. mind. They've got all these savvy veterans... Uh, defensively, they're so big and, and so smart as yeah. well, right? So they can switch, they can recover for it, they can help each other. Um, they all know they all know the systems, they all know what they're meant to do. So they're really, really hard to cover defensively. Yeah. And then offensively, you've just got all these weapons. You've got you know, uh, LeBron is is looking great in, yeah. in his in, at his age. It's unbelievable what he's still able to do. Even the athletic ability, his shots looking fantastic. Melo has hit the most catch and shoot threes in the NBA so far, which is fantastic. He's averaging I think sixteen point seven points per yeah, game. Yeah, he's doing like, really, this really is well. most since um since like three or four seasons ago like he's yeah. looking he's looking really good form he fits into that role they need off the bench mm-hmm. who knows we might see him starting if they ever need that but i yeah. think i think i like, I like him as that impact guy yeah. and he always he he ups the energy in the staples center from what i've noticed you know obviously haven't been in the staples center but watching it on tv or you know wherever you're watching it you just you can sense there's a buzz of excitement yeah. whenever Melo catches the ball he's just or a, dome to the head he's an, all, he's yeah, <laughs> he's an all-time scorer and, and people know what he's capable of and, and the the moments of brilliance he have it kind of it excites everyone yeah. and i think they're a really exciting team you mentioned westbrook um you know he's got his he's got his ups and his downs he's got such a high motor that he's going to make mistakes but he's going to learn from them he's going to i think he's going to be fine the problem is can lebron james and russell westbrook coexist yeah right because russell westbrook's someone who has always been ball dominant when you average triple doubles and stuff like that you require the ball in your hand a lot of the time yeah and when lebron's on the court you know one of the best playmakers that's ever lived um westbrook is naturally has the ball in his hand a lot less and he's not a spot up shooter so he doesn't really work as well off the ball and so we you know we've seen a bit of you know it's almost like he doesn't know positioning wise doesn't know where to be doesn't really know what his role is when lebron's on the court we saw lebron sit two games and that and that week last week or it was it, it was last it, week yeah versus the spurs um, one of them he yeah. sat two games immediately uh westbrook goes for th- a 30 point almost triple almost, double yeah, yeah. and then he has a triple double i think as well has two fantastic games um, so, you know, obviously you want the two to coexist, yeah. um, and it's interesting to see how they do that. But the plus side of that is that, uh, LeBron can afford to rest yeah. in his 17th season. He can eight, 18th, 17th, whatever it is. Yeah. 17 or 18. 17th season. Yeah. He can Impressive. afford to rest because Westbrook is that facilitator. So, you know, if LeBron wants to take off some regular season games and wait for the playoffs, he can he do can that. now. Yeah. That's the beauty of that. Yeah. Look, at the end of the day, I think the a LeBron led team, this Lakers team is going to be fine if, you know, most importantly, LeBron's healthy and Anthony Davis is healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on to the next takeaway, Chris Paul, I think yesterday, 
Um, moved up to third all-time in assists mm. with uh, 10,346. He's done that in almost 1,100 games. He passed mm. Steve Nash yeah. and Mark Jackson. Yeah. Um, I think this just even, like we've talked about this in many recent podcasts, uh, like about him as a point guard. This really cements it there. Like he's, yeah. he's, really, he's really moving up the list and he could get to two. Mm. Might not get to first because John Stockton had 15,000 yeah. assists. That's yeah. a bit, that's a bit. But uh, what, yeah. are you, what are your thoughts on Chris yeah, Paul? He's, yeah, he's all-time point guard. Yeah. You know, he's, he's, he's now just behind John Stockton and uh, Jason Kidd in, yeah. terms of, uh, in, in terms of that. I would almost argue that he's a better scorer than those two guys as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah probably. Um, you know, just... Throughout the course of his game, in terms mm. of the, the things he can do from the mid-range and all that. Uh, it's debatable, but either way, is is it's his playmaking that is is what is so incredible. He's done it for so long. He's just the the ultimate professional. Yeah. Um. Yeah. He's such such a handy guy to have on your team as a floor general and can just he's just one of the best decision makers in, in basketball. And he's got a bit of a pep in his step after making the finals last mm. year, so it's good to see him. Hopefully, hopefully we can see Phoenix make another playoff run. We'll yeah. see. Um. Yeah. The Western Conference is a lot more stacked. Yeah. This I year. don't know if they'll go as deep as yeah. they did. I think that was a prime opportunity for them. But, yeah. You know. Hopefully they do go. I, I love that team. So hopefully they. Well. Yeah, definitely. And what's your next takeaway? Oh, my second takeaway is uh, Ja Morant. So yeah, I want to talk wow. about Ja Morant as an individual. Um, yeah, the things he's been able to do this season so far, I was watching him play against the Lakers, was fantastic, phenomenal. Like in that one game, he had about four or five highlight plays that yeah. were, you know, it was absolutely ridiculous what he's been doing. This guy is a is a first tier. He's an all-star this year, no question. He's Prime been playing TV. really, really yeah, well. Yeah. Um, you know, I put him in terms of he was drafted with Zion and to be honest, I personally, and you might disagree, I, I like him more than I like Zion so far. A lot of people have gone NBA back player. and said that now. Yeah, you I think it. he's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, he's got the length, he's got the, all the athletic ability. Mm-hmm. He's, and now I've seen him improve his shot as well. He's oh, shooting yeah. from the perimeter. But for me, the thing about him, which I see very few players do, right? So I was, I was explaining this to you a little while ago. Yeah. When you're, um... When you're when you're playing, growing up playing junior basketball or whatever it is, mm. one of the things coaches tell you is don't leave your feet and then make a decision, right? So don't jump in the air and then decide whether you're passing or shooting. Make a decision before you leave your feet. Yeah. Right. Um, ja Morant is so athletic that that goes out the window. He can leave his feet and he's got that hang time. He can double clutch. He can make a pass. He can make a play. He can see the whole floor. Yeah. Right. He has enough time to leave his feet. Right. Think about what he's going to do. Think about what's for dinner tonight and then make a play, whether it's a shot or or a pass. Right. He's that athletic with that hang time. It's really, really impressive. And and he he has a number of highlight plays every game. I almost I shudder every time he leaves his feet without making a decision Mm -hmm. because like, oh, it's going to be a turnover. But he's just so athletic that he, you know, he's able to do that. And the one player that that reminds me of is a healthy Derek Rose, a prime yeah. Derek Rose. Yeah. Um, in his MVP year, that was what Rose used to do. You know, the get up in the air, double clutch, like defenders go fly by, and he's able to finish. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was what he was so impressive at doing. And I, it makes me think, John Morant, with how impressive he's been so far this season, uh, he's really upped his game. He could be the Derek Rose that we never really got to see flourish. That'd right? be interesting. To I mean, see. Derek yeah, Rose yeah. obviously was incredible in his MVP season. Um, but you know, tragically with injuries and never really progressed from there. Mm. Um, this could be the Derrick Rose that, that we never saw. This could be, you know, a what if, what, this is what Derrick Rose would have been if, yeah. he, if he could have, if it wasn't for injuries. Look, I've always had a lot of stock in Ja Morant. Um, I really like him and it's, and especially this year we're seeing, you know, everyone in Memphis buy into him. The team mm. is following him and they're going to go as far as Ja Morant takes them. Yeah. Um, you spoke earlier about how, um, he's improved his shot. I remember in a game last year. Uh, where you know James, it, was, it was Rockets versus Grizzlies, and James Harden was checking Jar, but he wasn't really taking him very seriously around the perimeter. Yeah. So Jar noticed that, and I think he he proceeded to hit like three or four straight triples, really really go at him, talk some trash, 
And it's like, and we've just seen that every year he's been in the NBA, he's added a new skill set. Yeah. He's become, you know, more, much more of an on-court leader. He's, he's more sure of himself out there. He doesn't make too many mistakes. Like, mm-hmm. I'm also extremely happy that he's on a small market team. So I think that's always yeah. really good for the NBA, for those small market teams to have yeah, superstars. Yeah, for Memphis, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, For sure. Um, just so everyone knows, he's averaging 27 points. 7.5 assists and 5.5 rebounds yeah, at the wow. moment, which is fantastic. That's crazy. Including, you know, he had a 40 point, uh, forty points and 10 assists game against LA. Um, he's, he's the real deal. He's doing really, really well. So he's just one to watch if you're watching NBA basketball. Definitely. Uh, my next takeaway is just gonna, we're just going to talk about the top three teams that I think like I've found most entertaining throughout mm-hmm. the, the first couple of weeks. Miami has looked fantastic. They're, they're six and one through their first seven games. Um, the core of Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, Bam Adebayo with Tyler Harrow and Duncan Robinson, those two two really good shooters. Oh, uh, like they're they're running they're running like defenses out of the gym. Like they're mm-hmm. they're, they're they're just too much for some teams, and they can yeah. also play that other side of the floor as well really well. So I'm really excited to see how how they go. Jimmy Butler is currently one of the top. Um, I think he might be first, but I think he's one of the top two in the MVP ladder through the first couple of weeks. Yeah. Um. You know, we saw him have a bit of a rough year last year, but he's bounced back and he's looking in really good form. Yeah. Yeah. Do you like Do you like Miami? Yeah, I always like. Yeah, Miami. Yeah, yeah. They're always good. Um. I think they've they yeah really solid start. They've they've got a bit of everything. Jimmy mm-hmm. Butler's at the helm, and Tyler Harrow is looking much improved. People yeah. are talking about how hard he worked on his game yeah. during the off season as as a shooter as as everything. Mm-hmm. Uh. Yeah. I think they're they're going to be great. They kind of had like you said it was a bit of a down year last year in terms yeah. of after their their finals um Birth. finals yeah, yeah. run in yeah, the yeah. year before so good to see them doing so well and the other two teams we're just going to quickly mention chicago and golden state to start mm. with chicago um we just were, to just to put yeah. it this way um before when we recorded last week yeah the recording that, that messed up yeah um chicago and golden state were at that time the only teams in the league that was still undefeated mm-hmm. so they they went four and zero to start to see they uh, smashed it out of the gate um, current, they've now both lost. Is it one game or so Chicago's Miami, lost two? They've lost. They lost today. Golden State's lost one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now they have lost, but at the, at the time of recording last week, they were undefeated. On and they're either even with the losses, they both started really, really. Yeah, well. yeah. Um, and the other team, Golden State, looking so fun. I was watching today um, their game versus the Hornets. Um, Steph Curry didn't have a huge game today. He had like 15 points, eight rebounds, nine assists. Not his usual scoring outburst, but they're looking really fun. Jordan Poole's really fitting into that shooting guard role while Clay Thompson is waiting to come back. Mm-hmm. But um, no, it's been really cool to see Steph, you know, regaining that MVP form. Draymond Green looks like looks healthy, looks yeah. good. And when when like we've talked about this before, when Clay comes back, that's going to be a pretty scary. Team. Yeah, well, that's what I like to talk about with Golden State. Um, we had a game where you know early early this season, Steph's already in fantastic form yeah. as he always is. He had a twenty five point first quarter in one of these games, which is just incredible. Yeah, you know, yeah. not missing a shot. He was ten from ten, I think. Is that, is that right? Nine for nine, nine six for nine. six from three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was um, with a 25-point quarter. And he um, and the thing is, they come out, their defense has come out then and they adjust mm. and, and they came out and played him basically face guard, the full length of the court, right? Going over every screen, yeah. trapping screens, all that sort of stuff. The beauty of the of the Golden State Warriors when they're fully healthy is when Clay Thompson's on the court, you can't do that to Steph. Yeah. Right. If Steph has a twenty five point first quarter, you can't just throw every defensive scheme at him in the second quarter and shut him down the way they did. I think he only had like two or four points in the second quarter of that yeah, game, yeah. and he, he finished with forty five. But you know he was on track for a 60, 60 plus point game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you can't do that when you've got Clay Thompson, who's had a thirty seven point quarter in his career, one yeah. of the best shooters of all time. You can't throw all the perimeter defensive attention at Steph. So you can let them play off each other. You've got to make a decision, right? Do we put all our effort into stopping Steph and leave Clay Thompson open? Or do we have, you know, that's why that's the beauty of them. The, the spacing that they provide each other. 
Um, the fact they can play off each other, you know, all the, the off-ball screens, movements, handoffs. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's going to be very exciting when Clay is And back. overall, it's going to be more fun for the NBA when yeah, they're in the They're going to be a great team. Yeah. And the Chicago Bulls, we didn't really talk yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, um, so the Bulls, yeah, the Bulls are looking fantastic. They've been my favorite team to watch mm-hmm. so far. They're the team I most want to talk about. Yeah, They've yeah. been awesome. We said in our in our preseason predictions that they they were the winners of the um of the off season. Yeah. Right. We said that, and, and they started off incredibly. Um, you know, you one one simple eye test, you see they're super athletic, super quick. Uh, their defense is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. They've just got a bunch of guys you can plug into a role and do a really, really good job. Yeah. Zach Levine's an all-star. He's fantastic. You've got Lonzo Ball as a great playmaker. Alex Caruso off the bench. I watched the game against, and I know you don't want to talk about this, but the Celtics game. Yeah, that was uh, a tough one. That was I- insane. I think they were down 18 points going into the fourth quarter. They were down 18. It was, it was 17. It was 102 to 85. Yeah. And they ended up winning 128 to 114 14, yeah. so that uh, insane run 39-11 fourth quarter uh, what do you think of the Bulls they, they have so many weapons and what I've been most impressed with for the first two weeks is how they've been able to incorporate you know like who's going to be like you know the top top dog in sort of like their rotation like you know Demar who's going to take like the game winning shots mm-hmm. that stuff they're, they're working that all out while they're still winning games yeah. you talked about like you know uh, best off season mm-hmm. um, Demar or DeRozan mm-hmm. 27 points per game through he's, the been, seven. he's, been, yeah. he's, he's been, been really, really good probably like the best pickup of the off season yeah a guy who people think you know at least thought were part, was past his prime wasn't quite yeah. the player he was he, mm-hmm. He's looking fantastic. He's kind of rejuvenated with this team. Yeah. Uh, Zach Levine's awesome. Lonzo's great. Uh, but Alex Caruso for me was so good as a defender in that in that Celtics uh, turnaround. Yeah, yeah. It was every possession he was you know it was he was reading things perfectly. Whether it was a handoff, he was there. He was he was putting his body on the line, getting steals, and then. When this team plays good defense, yeah. it leads to the easiest baskets you'll ever see. Oh, them in transition. Because they're so athletic, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Because they've got that transition. Like, when you've got guys running the floor like that are that athletic, Zach Levine, DeRozan, um, even, you know, they're guys off the bench. You yeah, know, yeah. These guys are such good athletes that, you know, they're, they're going to be great in transition all the time. No, definitely. All right, so moving on then. Um, is that it? Is that... Oh, so no, you, I've got one more. Got one more so my third takeaway uh, is James Harden and the struggles that James Harden's experienced. It's been an start, interesting start, start of the season. Of the year. Yeah. And basically, for those of you who don't know, um, a lot of that is a result of the new rule changes in the NBA. So the NBA has shifted from these fouls that... They've changed the kind of rule book on fouls um, because the league was, it was going towards basically... Players could... Uh, an unnat- they could perform an unnatural shooting motion that would, you know, flailing arms and legs, moving into the defensive player, and that would be called a foul on the defense, right? So I could take a three, basically jump into you, and if you're in my landing space, or, you know, if we collide, that's a foul on the defender. And so players were shooting without the intention of scoring, literally just trying to get fouled Mm -hmm. so they could go to the free throw line and knock their free throws. James Harden was a huge culprit of that. And, you know, it's it's not a fair play to him. People didn't like to watch it, but, you know, he took advantage of the yeah. rules that were given to him. And he he had mastered the art of drawing fouls under that under that rule scheme. Yeah, yeah. So he would, you know, he would he would constantly be fouled, even shooting threes, whatever he was doing, step back to get fouled, move into the defender. Mm. Um, he got very crafty at that, but they've, they've stopped that now. They've really changed the rule on unnatural shooting motions. Yeah. It's got to be a natural shooting motion. And, uh, and you've as seen, a result, yeah, yeah his free throw.
throws, his, the amount of free throws he shot has gone down drastically. A few days ago, I think it was he was averaging three free throw attempts yeah. per game, which, which is crazy. Which is the lowest of his career. Like we've always seen Harden get to the free throw line 10 oh, or 12 times. This guy, yeah, know. yeah. This guy has shot more free throws than anyone else. Yeah, yeah. He, he, probably he's probably on track for most free throw attempts in history. Maybe, maybe yeah, he's yeah. a big who had more. Yeah. But either way, at least in the last you know four or five years, mm-hmm. his free throw attempts are through the roof, and now he's shooting three free throws a game, which yeah. is crazy. He's it's gone absurd. from. I think he's only averaging about 18 points a game, or at least he was yeah, yeah. last week. Again, I'm getting my info from last week because that was when we recorded yeah, it. Yeah. At the time of recording last week, he was averaging 18 points a game down from like there's times where he was averaging 30 points in a season being the lead, you know, the, the scoring leader in the league. So crazy to see. What do you think of all that? Um, like I think it, yeah, it's been obvious. It's been obvious, like sort of league wide, that that's been like you know a big change. We saw Steph having to adjust to that yeah. a lot. You know, um, he he wasn't getting the same calls. Like he's he's having a much better start to the year. Yeah. But um, another interesting contribution to why players might be shooting a little less is um the NBA this season changed from Spalding basketball to Wilson basketball. So like it's a you know basketball is a basketball, but it's a slightly yeah. different feel. Mm. And it's been obvious because like the they're having their worst shooting percentage since two thousand four for field goal percentage which is 44% mm. and they were shooting since 1999 from three point for at 34.2% like is it really like do you think that could really contribute to the, well, the shooting percentage I would scoff down? at it if it wasn't for those numbers I would say that's crazy you know yeah. players like to whinge about you know balls like you hear that at every level they're like oh, I don't like that ball or whatever yeah, yeah. it is but uh, if you look at that, I mean, the fact they haven't shot that ba- that poorly from the three since 1999 percentage-wise, that's, that's interesting because the game has gotten better and better. Like, players have gotten better and better at shooting. Yeah. Like, they're, so they're also shooting a higher volume. Yeah, yeah. So the more shots you take uh, from from the three-point line, the more you're going to miss. That's yeah, That's yeah. just kind of how that works. That's how it goes. But at the same time, uh, yeah, the percentage is definitely low. Like, you can see players missing shots. Like, Lillard is not is having a shocking start to the season. Damien Lillard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he's he's one of the best scorers. Off, yeah. One of the best scorers in the NBA over the past few years. He's had a really rough start shooting the ball. And apparently, he's got injuries or whatever it is as well. But, that's, but yeah, you have seen people start slow, certain people. Um, it's interesting. We'll see if it is something to do with the balls. Like some of them, some of them say it is. I, I, I don't, I don't hold too much merit to that, but no, it is interesting. Yeah, I would hold in terms of players scoring habits changing. I'd put it more down to the new fouls. Yeah. The yeah, new yeah. refereeing than I would to the basketballs. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it's worth looking at. Um, but yeah, the, it's it really interesting for me how players like Harden, who've been so crafty and getting to the free throw line and, and have, May you know are now been such prolific scorers. He's considered one of the greatest scorers ever now by a lot of people. Uh, this has been a real deterrent. This has really uh, been a tough start for him. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he goes throughout the rest of the year. It's mm. only a small sample size, like yeah. um, two weeks into the NBA, only seven or eight games played for each team. So we'll see how. Well, he's so will... talented that he'll he'll work it out. He'll, find like, a he'll way. figure out how to yeah. you know how to dominate within the set of rules that he's mm-hmm. given. So yeah. I think that's the way it'll go. So that um that finished our takeaways for the week. Um, and we'll be doing that like every every podcast. We'll just like pick a few things we've seen in the in that week of basketball. Mm-hmm. But um right now we're going to move on to our NBA top seventy five all time snub team. So to yeah. remind people, they released the top seventy five list, but we're gonna we're gonna pick a starting lineup of players that weren't selected and why we thought they should have been. Yeah. So this is you know in honor of the seventy fifth season, mm-hmm. the NBA officially put out their top seventy five. All the greats, you know, all the all the greats that you'd think would be on there, most of them are on there. Yeah. Um, there's a few surprising snubs, and I guess they'll be on our list. Uh, yeah, yeah. right now but um, you, ha- you also had some players who uh, there was a lot of backlash from certain players who, who were pretty salty that yeah. they weren't a part of the list so we'll go through some of that as well right. uh, do you want to start off I'm going to go first so at point guard I have Kyrie Irving mm-hmm. um, an interesting stub because I think he we've never seen a player like him in terms of layout package handles 
Um, like he, like he's a he makes very difficult shots. We've seen him do it at the highest level in the NBA Finals in one of the most important NBA championships ever in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he is a no-brainer to have on the list. If I like, and if I had to swap him out with someone, I saw Damian Lillard was on the list, and I think Damian Lillard is like gonna yeah, he's a deserving player as well. But I'd I'd put Kyrie over him in terms of like you know he's also won a championship. Mm-hmm. He's um you know he's we see you know people coming to the league now imitating Kyrie's handles like they're learning from the way he does it because it's like you know no one does it like that yeah but he's who I have my point guard yeah my point guard is uh Tony Parker yeah Uh, Yeah, just I think in terms of the um you know career accolades I think Kyrie's you're right in terms he's probably the best ball handler like with the with the dribble hand like the handling he's probably the best that the NBA's ever seen but in terms of career accomplishment and everything I'm going with Tony Parker he's a four-time NBA champion he's a finals MVP Mm mm-hmm Six-time NBA All-Star. Yeah. Um, he is also... This is the part that really gets it, though. He is the fourth all-time in playoff assists for, in the history of the NBA. That's and crazy, ninth yeah. all-time in playoff points. So he's in the top 10 in the history of the game in playoff points and assists. I feel like now, that's something not a lot, not a lot of people no, know No, you well. wouldn't know. Yeah, yeah, a lot yeah. of people wouldn't. Now, obviously, a huge part of that is the success of the Spurs dynasty as mm-hmm. a whole. And Tim Duncan and Manu and Pop, um, they were in the playoffs a lot, obviously. And played a lot. He had a lot of run in the playoffs. Yeah. But... You know, he's a big part of that himself. Being the point guard on, you know, the leading point guard on that team, he was a huge part of why they were so successful. And he was a big reason for why they played in so many playoff games. So yeah, yeah. For that reason, I'm putting him, the fact that he wasn't in the top 75, I was surprised with. And he's my point guard for that. No, fair enough. Um, at my shooting guard, I have Clay Thompson. Um, now, we haven't seen Clay play in the NBA the last couple of years, and I can understand why he was left off the list for that reason. But Clay Thompson is one of the most dead eye shooters we've like we've ever seen in the NBA. His catch and shoot ability, his um, we, like we talked about it before, he scored he's th- scored thirty seven points in one quarter. Yeah. We've seen him, you know, he's one of the most important players on the Golden State Warriors, right right there with Steph. Um, I feel like he's you know he's too good of a shooter to not have on your top seventy five list. And I feel like when they release another list, he'll definitely be there because you know you hope he'll get some more. You know, some more seasons under his belt, yep. some, some health some health there. But, yeah, Kalei um, uh, Thompson's my shooting guard as well. as well. I've got yeah. him as well. He was quite upset with his snub, but I didn't like how he carried on yeah. about the whole, oh, I wasn't in the top 75. Like, you know, you've got to respect what's come before you, I mm-hmm. guess. There was a lot of older players there. There was kind of a, we'll, we'll talk about that at the end, but yeah. anyway. Um, but yeah, but I do think, having said that, I think he, he deserves to be there or he's right knocking on the door. Yeah. Um, yeah, one of the best catch and shoot players ever mm-hmm. you know if not the best ever in terms of catch and shoot yeah um 37 point quarters the most in nba history he's a microwave like when he gets hot there's nothing you can do like yeah. he's just he's one of those guys yeah, where, yeah you know he could it's it's a must watch when he when he gets going i can't wait to have him back uh playing again and um but he's a two-way guy as well he's not just a shooter that's what makes him so good he's yeah. a premier defender like perimeter defender a lot of people really, forget that really i think good, yeah, really yeah. really good perimeter defender so that's I've got him as my shooting guard as well. At small forward, I picked um, when I was doing my research. Um, like I picked a player who I actually didn't get. I didn't get to see him play, but um, I think he's very iconic. Alex English, mm-hmm. um, very popular player for the Denver Nuggets. He had his jersey retired there. He scored over twenty five thousand points. Eight time All Star. He was he led the league in scoring, and I believe in nineteen eighty three. Um, that might be off by like a year or two, but um, I think he's just an incredible player. He was he was huge part of that sort of era of basketball. Mm. Um, I heard George Carl talking about him on like a podcast the other day about how like you know how he thinks it's silly that Alex English wouldn't be included because he had such you know an influence on the Nuggets culture, yeah. their history. But he's who I had at my small forward. Yeah, it's a cool pick. I think a lot of modern day NBA fans probably wouldn't even know who Alex English yeah, is. Yeah, that's so you thing. know, someone who isn't spoken about a lot, but definitely someone who had their place in NBA history. Really yeah. great player. Uh, my small forward, I've got a guy who 
uh, suffered with injury a lot throughout his career, so didn't quite get the full career scope that we might have seen. But Tracy McGrady, I yeah. think, one of the most skilled basketball players ever. Like he was a problem. Like he's, it was you know six foot nine. He was like Kobe said he was the he had the same skill set that he did, but he was taller. He was bigger and stronger yeah, than Kobe yeah. was. Right, really, really could do everything. Mm. Just an unbelievable scorer. Um, huge clutch moments. You saw, you know, there's that famous video of his 13 points in 35 seconds, which yeah, is just yeah. still yeah. mind blowing that he could do that. But the thing is, that's I mean, a lot of people. That's all he's really known for for some people. And yeah, uh, and he was a lot more than that. He was a great player. If it wasn't for you know multiple injuries that kind of uh, shortened his career, yeah. he, he people would be recognizing him in their top 20, 10, 20 no, all time. No, we saw him dominate like you know at Toronto. We mm. saw him look really good in Orlando, and then Houston. Houston, Houston, well. Houston was, was a big one where he yeah. paired with Yao Ming, and that was another thing. Yao got injured a lot as well. Yeah. We could have seen those two be yeah. a pretty pretty big duo. Yeah, yeah, I think I think T Mac is one of the best ever. So I've definitely got him as yeah. a small forward there. Um, at power forward, I have Grant Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's like a sort of forgotten player uh, again because of injuries. Um, he was a really dominant power forward, f- power forward with the Pistons. Yeah. Um, had a had a you know an illustrious career. He had some, he had some really big games. He was an All Star. Um, and it was a shame that he never we never got to see him play at the top level for long enough due to injuries. Mm. But um, I think great he, college player as well at Duke. He oh yeah, really, dominated really, there. Um, yeah, yeah. Really famous college basketball mm. player. But you know he's who I have my power forward. At the power forward, I've got Pau Gasol. Very good, um, very good. You know, Lake, yeah, yeah. Lake is legend. You know, got to put him in there. He's a two-time champ. Um, one of the, you know, the finesse and the skill, like the skill level, a classic European big guy. You know, mm-hmm. really good passer and playmaker from the post. Spot, really smart. Uh, could play the four and five. Play, you know, played on that on those championship Lakers teams. He was huge for uh, Spanish basketball as yeah. well. And what they did in in the Olympics, they had. Uh, a lot of success as well, so yeah, I've got him at the four. Yeah, very good. And um, I feel like we're going to have a pretty similar center, um, mm-hmm. Dwight Howard. Yeah. Uh, someone you just can't pass up, and I think it's an embarrassing for the league that he wasn't on that. Oh, it's crazy. How, like, how can you not include him on your top 75? Now, if like, you're a modern NBA fan and you've only just started watching and you know Dwight Howard, Howard as he is now, yeah. you probably don't understand why, why we're saying this. Yeah. There was a time, and there, there really was a time, believe it or not, where... Dwight Howard was up there in the conversation for best player in the world, like at that time, with LeBron and Kobe. At that time, it was it was Kobe, it was LeBron, and it was Dwight Howard. Yeah. Right. He beat a LeBron James led team in the Eastern Conference Finals to play against Kobe Bryant's Lakers. That's he an, was, that's a feat in its own. Yeah. Like, there you yeah, go. Yeah. He carried that team there. He was also he was by far whether you want to put him in that conversation with those guys yeah, is yeah. a different level. But he was without a doubt the most dominant center in the mm-hmm. NBA. He was the big man, the face of the of big men in the league. Three times. That was player of the year. Yeah. He, he like yeah, like a lot of people compared him to Shaq. I don't think Shaq liked that very yeah. much. He was. They, they were calling him the next Shaq. Though. Yeah, there yeah. was lots of comparisons, he and, just and they owned were, it. Yeah, he yeah. wasn't Shaq, but it was warranted. He was. He dominated the center position for multiple years yeah. in his prime. Uh, insane athlete. Like you look at his highlights from his prime, you'd be shocked. If if you're just watching him now, to go back and watch the kind of dunks and blocks that he was getting, it was insane. Uh, just a, a freaky athlete. He's an eight-time All Star, like you said, three-time Defensive Player of the Year. And yeah, at a time he was the best recognized as the undisputed best center in the NBA. Yeah, yeah. Well, so. that that rounds out our, our snub team. I feel like you know when you know, when they next do the, like maybe the hundred year, we're gonna mm. see a few oh, of those guys. Well, we hopefully, mentioned. yeah, guys like you know, but also guys like uh, like a Luka Doncic, uh, uh, you know, uh, who who who's in the like, league uh, right no, now? Like, like other suits, like Trey Young could be there. Nikola Jokic, Jokic, Nikola yep. Jokic, uh, Jan, uh, is in there. Giannis, already. Sorry, but, you know, guys like that who are still still paving the way and, and and creating their careers that will hopefully be there for the for the one hundredth year for the one hundredth year list. Um, the, it was kind of skewed. 
towards the older players, like yeah. a lot of the old legends and some of the newer guys as well. There was mm-hmm. kind of a, a period of time in the middle there that got lost. That's where we talk about well, that, the, the the Alex English, the Grand Hill, the Tracy McGrady, who kind of got lost in the middle yeah. a little bit. Um, but well, yeah, but either way, I think at the 100-year mark, we'll get all sorts of guys who are currently paving the way will be a huge part of that. No doubt. Um, now we're going to move on to our NBA Aussie watch. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to talk about Paddy Mills. Um, I didn't talk about this in my takeaways, but it's something I, 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 I want to talk about now. He's one of my picks for for six man of the year. Yeah, I think yeah. He's, I think he's looked really he good really for the hot start. really good for the Brooklyn Nets. He's had two twenty point games in seven mm-hmm. games. Um, he's averaging like uh, just over eleven a game. Yeah. Um, shooting. Sorry, I have it right here. Fifty one percent from three. Yeah. Um, I think if I think he really fits what they need in Brooklyn, especially with Kyrie Irving not playing. He's that spark plug off the bench when Harden's playing the point guard, and you have Patty Mills, you know, relocating for threes all around the perimeter. I think that's a really deadly combo right there. Yeah, we're gonna see him. We're gonna see him a little more unleashed than we ever saw him in, saw him in San Antonio. I yeah, think. well, see, so yeah, uh, San, San Antonio is a big system team, and they've yeah. been they've been great for that reason. But mm-hmm. it's really exciting to see him in Brooklyn. He had a, he had a fantastic start. He was oh. you know twenty points in the in the in the debut uh, for for the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. He he didn't miss a three. Yeah. I think he was. He didn't miss a three in his first two, two games. games yeah. He was the the first player in years to go to, to start the season. To, yeah, yeah. He started the season perfectly, uh, ten from ten from yeah. the three point line, which is amazing. Uh, he's been he's the perfect player for that team, like he said, and mm-hmm. they're the perfect team for him. He's surrounded by superstars, which means he has the room to kind of operate yeah. and do what he does, which is just get buckets. Like yeah. he's a, he's a bucket getter at any level. We all know it from the Olympics. If you're an Aussie, you know it very well, but. The NBA is finally kind of getting put on notice that this guy's really legit. Even at his size, um, he can he can play everywhere. You know, he can score from the, from the three point line, and then he can also he can, he's got good foot speed, good footwork. Can get you know one two dribble pull ups yeah. as well. So really really good scorer. Uh, he's going to do really well this year. The next thing we're going to talk about is Jock Landau, and I'll tell you why it's good. Our podcast got pushed back a week is because Jock wasn't playing too mm. much last week. Um, this week we saw him get a bit more opportunity. Yeah. Um, he had a game versus the Pacers. In five minutes, he had ten points. We got to see him really you know really sort of find his niche on the court and he's actually he's had some pretty good news um this week um it's not good news for one specific player on the spurs jacob purtle has in has, has entered um health and safety protocols he's going to be out for a couple of weeks yeah that's going to give jock landale an opportunity to yeah. make his to, to find his way into that rotation yeah awesome yeah um so it's really good to see him start to get an opportunity um he's learning the nbl sorry he's learning the nba game after a couple of seasons in the nbl yeah and um, we hope to hope to see him flourish in the yeah i don't think he's going to be you know a huge part of it but he, keep, he keeps putting up solid numbers like that 10 points in five minutes you know you've got to find a way to play him he's yeah. one of those things a coach will say we've got to find him minutes if yeah. he's going to produce like that you got to find minutes yeah. for him. It doesn't matter who's on the team. You got mm-hmm. to find him minutes. So he, um, yeah, it's a really good, really good from him. Uh, yeah, it's a good thing we're talking about it now because we wouldn't have had anything to say last week. So good to see him getting some run. It's always good to see Aussies out there. Yeah, I'm sure he'll find his way. I don't think he's going to be great from like the, this first season. I think he's going to take like maybe a couple of years to, to yeah. find his find his way. But um, no, he'll, he'll, he's he's looking pretty good so far. For sure. Um, and before we finish up, uh, we got the NBL season starting January 15th. So mm-hmm. me and Trent are going to be paying like a lot more attention. Uh, to the NBL this year, he's got his team, the uh, Illawarra Hawks. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got my team, the Sydney Kings. I had to go with the Hawks after yeah. my meeting with my guy Brian Gorgian. So yeah. I've got to follow them this year. So it'll be really cool to see. Um, the NBL is always a growing game. Every year we see it get um, even more legit. We see more um, college players. Instead of playing college, they come over and play in the NBL. Yeah. We see um, players that you know fringe NBA players come over and play the NBL, and it really really ups the comp- comp- sorry the competition level. Yeah, for sure. The NBL is going to be good. It's it's an exciting time for basketball all around. You know the NBA season is is fully locked and loaded and then we got the nbl that's that's uh, yet to come so really exciting uh keep watching basketball and 
And when you want some stuff to look out for, uh, keep listening to the pod. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks for listening today, guys. See ya.